Puck comes to the right side, half wall. so there, opens up, he shoots, score! William Carlson tipped it home. 3-0 Golden Knights. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Ducks back in. Petrano put it on goal. Save Thompson. He sprawls and gets the rebound too. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team. Exclusive player interviews and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here's your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas. Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Darren Millard, Chris Chapman, live inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215. Home of the... We got a big one today. A lot of guests popping on. Paul Cotter from Pittsburgh ahead of tomorrow night's tilt against the Pittsburgh Penguins. We will also chat with Brian McCormick from the Henderson Silver Knights. A big weekend ahead for the HSK with the lucky launch. But we'll also, from a play-by-play perspective, I want to get his impression of how you get through a game in which there's 17 goals scored which is what happened last night between the Los Angeles Kings and the Seattle Kraken. We'll also uh, dive into some very uh, disappointing and uh, concerning news out of the Pittsburgh Penguins with Chris Letang uh, suffering a, a medical situation yesterday. Uh, we'll dive into his uh, diagnosis and uh, prognosis, everything that we do know about that. And uh, then on the flip side, Alex Petrangelo uh, did not play the other night. Uh, we'll bring you up to date with what we know uh, regarding the defenseman's possibility of playing the next couple of games. Uh, a lot to get to today. Uh, Paul Cotter in just a little bit. Uh, I, I think we'll probably bring up the shootout goal. Yeah, maybe. I wonder how many moves he truly has. I know it's more than one. Yeah. But when it's that good and it's spellbinding, the, the goaltender can't keep up with it. Mm-hmm. What would it take to go to a secondary move? Yeah. And I saw some criticism about, uh, not criticism, but people say, you got to have more than one move. Sure. Why? Not if it works. Why? Yeah. Now, UC Okanen had that one move for the longest time that was gold. Yeah. And eventually, he did add a wrinkle, which actually made the first move even more effective Mm -hmm. because then goaltenders couldn't really uh, dive in and they were caught in between. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's always room to refine what it is you're doing. And for a player that is as talented as Paul Cotter is in this specific instance, I think that there's an opportunity for sure to add another wrinkle or to add another move. But if it's going in right now, and it is for Paul Cotter, mm-hmm. he's been phenomenal. You trust in that because a lot of a lot of shootouts comes down to confidence and knowing that you can pull that move off. And apparently there's a bit of a rift on the team. We've talked <laughs> at great length about how bonded this group is. Yeah. This road trip has uncovered a little bit of tension behind the scenes with bit. the Vegas Golden Knights. Mm-hmm. And it revolves around Instagram and who follows who. So we'll get to the bottom of that with Paul Cotter. Uh, looking forward to it. Uh, Bruce Cassidy also spoke today as they got back to practice. And uh, we'll bring you up to date uh, with uh, what they worked on. Mm-hmm. This is a, a really rare occurrence where they have a day off Mm. followed by a practice day. And it's going to be the last time that they have that for a while. But a real, real opportunity for coaches to do some video work and then like training camp, what they did, 
video preparation, and then go out and try and execute a few things, and you'll find out uh, just what the, the Golden Knights were working on today. Yeah, I think that's going to be really important, especially going into the game tomorrow night against the Pittsburgh Penguins, a good team that's playing better of late. Uh, the Golden Knights are going to have to kind of refine some of those things, some of those details that I think Bruce Cassie's looking to, to refine. And uh, for a Golden Knights team that hasn't had two days in a row where they've been able to get a, some rest and recovery and then really hone in on a practice, that's, that's going to be invaluable. Rest and recovery is a weapon. Mm-hmm. It is, yep. but but today's practice day, oh, yeah. where you feel good about yourself, <laughs> and you're not just going through the motions of getting out in the ice and limbering up and and being able to really dive in. That is huge uh, for this uh, team right now. And I I thought there were some real positives out of that game against Columbus. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you're in the back end of five in eight, and there's uh, a lot that uh, didn't go right uh, at home at the end of the homestand, but. Getting back to some structure, holding the the other team to two goals or less, mm-hmm. uh, being able to play uh, two periods in which you you didn't allow a goal, yeah. like for for forty minutes, the first forty minutes, like that that's big. Yeah, I I liked a lot of the Golden Knights game against Columbus. I really did. I you know you even look at the the goal that Johnny Gaudreau scored. Yeah, you spent a lot of time in your own zone, but a lot of it was kept to the outside. That's just a really really good shot from a very very good offensive player in Johnny Gaudreau. Like I don't think the Golden Knights defended that poorly. It's just. Uh, good players make plays, and that's what happened with Johnny Gaudreau there. Uh, on the subject of uh, defending, uh, Pittsburgh played last night. Yeah, uh, They played the Carolina Hurricanes, yep. and uh, this is uh, some fun uh, with the Pittsburgh Penguins, and we'll get to the more serious stuff uh, later on in the VGK Insider Show. Uh, but uh, they they got into it, and there was a bad hit uh, right along the boards uh, during the overtime, and all the Pittsburgh Penguins, well, the two players that weren't involved in the hit, uh, jumped in to support their teammate. Mm-hmm. Carolina, instead, went the other way on a wide-open 2-1-0. Yeah. I don't remember seeing anything like that, Mm-mm. where everybody in the building thought the whistle was going to go. Yeah. Carolina, and also kind of happened in the uh, the Seattle-LA King game, but that, w- that was at a different level. Uh, but, but Carolina, the two players that were not involved in the hit, just left their teammate to fend for himself yep. against three Penguins, and they went down and won the game on a 2-on-0. Well, in fairness, it was uh, two Carolina Hurricanes on the ice with two Penguins. One Penguin was down on the ice after the bad hit from behind, and then it was two Carolina Hurricanes going in. So if you count them, four-ish Carolina Hurricanes on the ice. Uh, you can make an argument that it should have been stopped because of uh, a penalty. It was a bad hit. It was a bad hit. should have been a penalty. Pretty, pretty clear. However, if you are the Penguins in that spot, you don't hear a whistle, you don't stop playing. Like, you can't stop playing in that situation. That's what Pittsburgh Guys do did. all the time. I know they, they do. They, but guys stop all the time. You, Yeah, but you, the, you, that's you a co- That's coach speak right there. You can't You, gotta, you, gotta, you can't, can't stop until there's a then, whistle. Then you know what you've got to do? You've got to make there be a whistle. Like, you have to drop the gloves and make there be a whistle if that's what you're going to do. I don't know whether the officials would have blown it down on, on a 2 on 0 Drop I don't, the gloves and actively well, fight? Well, it was just so fast. No, okay. It happened, and then they turned the other way. My, I don't know whether the officials would have had time to <laughs> think about it and then blow it down with Carolina going on a on a 2 on 0 It's it's a great strategy, yeah. but things are happening so quickly out there. I, I do understand the Penguins. They're they're jumping in, oh, and you're, you're, you're used to that kind of thing mm-hmm. erupting into a stoppage. Yeah. And and getting to that stage, the hurricanes idea of just not jumping in yeah. is 
one impressive. I don't know how much strategy there was. I don't think it was. We'll leave him by himself because we've got a two on zero. I don't think that was that was the the thought process. It worked, but it went against every DNA of hockey. I think, not to jump in there. I think you, that you know the Carolina Hurricanes didn't didn't hear a whistle. Like there wasn't a stoppage. So you, of course you're going to do what you can in that moment. You're trying to win a game. And and like I don't fault the Carolina Hurricanes, but I absolutely think the Penguins got hosed. Regardless mm-hmm. of whether or not I feel like if you're if you're Pittsburgh in that moment, you've just got to continue to play because you didn't hear a whistle, it, your game's still on. Um it should have been a penalty. It, it should have been called back. It it's a, it's a, it's un, it's unfortunate and and kind of sucks that it didn't happen that way. So you know what you do? Hmm. If you're Tristan Jari, Make the save. Nope, 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 <laughs> Knock nope, the nope. net off? Knock the net off. <laughs> you turn around Full and you circle. knock the net off, yep. and then it becomes a penalty shot. Yep. Because a penalty shot is one against one, and he was facing a 2-1-0. Mm-hmm. Tristan Jari, if you have to do it again, you turn around and you even up the odds mm-hmm. with a with a flat-out penalty shot. That would have been fun. Because you're not going to award a goal you in miss, overtime. You miss a hit from behind, you don't stop the play there, and then Tristan Jari just says, nah, I'm not doing it. Wait, Knocks it off. It's ingenuity. And it's happened. <laughs> in the American Hockey League, it happened a few times a couple of years ago. Yeah. And it was brilliant. Sure. I yeah. can't remember the goal. Lenevio? I can't remember who, who was the goaltender that was uh, that was doing it. But it was it was cool. They eventually put it in place where yeah. you couldn't do it, and yeah. you were, you were going to get uh, handed a goal uh, off, off the hands of it. But that last night would have really put that rule to the, to the test. Well, it, especially with uh, you know the net coming off on everyone's mind right now with Matt Murray and Spencer Knight and you know some of the some of the controversy there as to whether or not goaltenders are doing it on purpose um I, oh I they're doing it on purpose you're you're fully accidentally. in that oh, camp I, I, accidentally on purpose yeah. yeah well here's the thing <laughs> the goaltenders are are knocking it off when they're sliding into the post mm-hmm. into whatever position they're in the RVH or whatever uh, they love call talking it. about uh, this I know stuff. it's like blah 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 <laughs> Blah. You're the uh, weirdest goalie I've ever met. Yeah. But but goaltenders are using the post as a way to stop them. Mm-hmm. That's not why the post is there. Sure. The post is to find the scoring area. Mm-hmm. Uh, you cannot if you go in and you use that net as a mechanism to stop yourself, mm-hmm. and it comes off. It should be a penalty. Yeah. If you are going through it with enough force that the peg is coming out. And all NHL operations are aware of this, and they do their best to make the post, uh, the the where the the hole goes in, uh, the post goes into the the ice uh, clear. Uh, if if the net comes off because of you falling into your net or, or sliding into your net, it's a penalty. Mm-hmm. And if just based based on that, you may not be trying to knock the knock the net sure. off, yep. but you're going in with enough force that it goes against what. The position is, mm-hmm. and you should be penalized by that. You should have more control over your body. They this, just this is where you and I agree. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm right there with you, and and it's not so much the the sliding into the post; it's pushing off the post. Like I, I always I always find that interesting when you when your first push isn't necessarily along the ice, but it's it's against the post. Well, it's leverage. What do you think is going to happen? Like but, we all know what's going to well, happen. It's you hope that that post grips. We we all do it. Huh. We we leverage that uh, post being in there yeah. as an ability to get across the ice quicker and and be able to do it stronger. 
In different spots, is there maybe more give or less give? No. Like from a from no no not not really. No, I don't think any any significant way. Huh. But it, it it actually knocks a lot of times knocks the net off on the other side. Like yeah. when you're sliding into it, you lean into it and it pops the net off on the other side. That go. <laughs> I, I think I think I think they'll crack down on this and call it make it the referee's discretion. Uh, at some point, and and give them a penalty. There's that much outrage. It didn't happen this time uh, with the managers' meeting, but uh, I think I think it'll it'll get there. Isn't it already kind of up to the the yeah, referee's discretion? That it is, but they would like it. There's a lot of things up to the referee's well, discretion, I, I and there's like, never going to be a call. But I feel like right now it's a perfect storm, right? Like if if you're the NHL, now would be a perfect time to re- to kind of reinforce to referees, listen, this is at your discretion. If you feel that this was done on purpose or purposefully done to eliminate a scoring chance, then by all means, call it should the be delay game. Yeah, I agree. hundred uh, percent. The, uh, the idea that you give them even one warning is more than I would go. Oh, I wouldn't give any warnings now, but, but they, they should give them a warning. Like just so you know, this happens again, <laughs> we're calling it. And then all, all bets are off. You get one shot. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you one. I don't necessarily agree with that, but yeah, in, in uh, the there is a chance that there could be some snow in there or, or something to that effect. But the the linesmen are always checking those posts, mm-hmm. always yeah. referees uh, before a stoppage, checking to see whether or not it's uh, solid and, and built in there. But um, there there are guys like Robin Leonard when he went into that position. Mm-hmm. That's a big man against the post. There's yeah. a lot of stress on those pegs. Yeah, I can see it happening if he slides into the post from across the net. It's going to knock it off. But if you're using it as an absolute mechanism to stop, then it's wrong. Here's Paul Cotter, who joined us uh, from Pittsburgh, uh, fresh off his uh, shootout win the other night. Um, how many times have you watched that, Paul? <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I, I went over it a few times. Uh, I got asked that question a lot this morning, so <laughs> I think my answer changed each time. So i got <laughs> to figure one out here. But um, no, I mean, I... I love doing that. Shoot up to the best. Um, you know, it's something I take pride in. So um, it was cool. I I was really happy it went in. <laughs> that was my childhood dream. Uh, I mean, a lot of people say first goal, first game, stuff like that. But um, you know, as a kid and sticking on the baseline and, and doing stuff that extra ice, all that type of stuff. My my dream is always I always wanted to be a shootout guy. So um, it's a it's a good start. <laughs> Paul Cotter with Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace on the VGK Insider Show as he gets ready for the Pittsburgh Penguins tomorrow night. You know, Paul, how how many moves do you feel like you need to have in your arsenal to be a good shootout specialist? Uh, I think you need to have three variations of your move. Um, I think every guy that is good at shootouts um, has their move, but there's a couple different variations of it. Um, which kind of keeps the goalie guessing a bit. You look at TJ Oshie, uh, he comes in and kind of the same pattern and either goes five hole or fakes it and can go left or right. So obviously he's someone who's kind of perfected the shootout and a guy that I kind of love to watch. And um, I just thought it was the coolest thing in the world when he was on the, the U.S. team and, and did the shootout multiple times. I <laughs> think that's a, that's a dream of mine. So mm-hmm. um yeah, that's really cool. So a couple different variations for sure. So do you have that with yours? Yeah, I have. 
I don't know if I even showed the other variations of mine. I've been just doing the same thing for a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's figured it out yet. So, uh, yeah, now that it's a little bit more on a bigger scale, I think I might need to switch it up every once in a while. This situation with a shootout has gained so much uh, notoriety that it's uh, it's bled into your dressing room and it's caused some friction uh, inside the room. And uh, I want to I want to point this out today uh, because it's really important that we go down this path. Uh, your 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 Instagram handle we should we should get that uh, Ray out. It's it's ptc forty seven right? Yeah. Okay. Follow him on Instagram. Why doesn't Mark Stone follow you? <laughs> oh, no, I, I didn't mean for that to get out, but um, no, I mean, I, I don't even follow him, so I don't... <laughs> well, we're not following him until he follows you. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a statement right now, and I, this is my new campaign, that Stoney doesn't get a follow from us until he follows you. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I got to I gotta follow him first, so um, I don't know. It's just, I, guys, like, guys like us, maybe a little older uh, guys don't even... Yeah, I know Will Carrier doesn't even have social media, and I was kind of scrolling through uh, something this morning while we were at breakfast, and it said uh, Will's Player of the Week, and he kind of looked over, he's like, hey, is that me? I'm like, yeah, dude, you're a star of the week or whatever. He's like, oh, that's kind of like, cool. I'm like, dude, like, get Instagram. He's like, nah, I don't do that stuff. So It'll be um, fish anyway. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, Stoney's one of the, one of the greatest guys. Um, that I've met throughout my career. Obviously, he's, he has the reputation of, of being captain on uh, multiple teams. So, uh, well, but he's the man. So I, I, I don't want that to get uh, no, confused. I just, but I was just he, joking around. He's about awesome. That. Yeah, I'm still gonna bug him, but uh, <laughs> you're all, you're all good. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. What what have you kind of learned this go around this season up with the Golden Knights? Just it, it may, that might be different from uh, from your experience last year playing in the NHL. It is. There's a little bit more comfortability. Um, I think you know coming up, you're obviously really nervous in your first call up. You don't really know any of the guys too well. Um, you're kind of walking on eggshells, even though even though the guys are really you know outgoing and really nice especially this group, you know, I, I don't know about other groups, but this group is awesome. Everybody kind of sticks on each other and, and it's a good vibe and, um, you know, it's fun. That's it, how people stay close. So we have a really close team uh, and maybe a guy coming into that, you kind of feel a little weird. Um, you know, I have a guy has inside jokes and routines and stuff like that with other guys. So it was, it, you know, it was, it, I wouldn't say it was tough. Obviously I'm getting called up to the NHL. So last year was, a little weird, you know, you're a rookie, and, um, but this year obviously is a lot different. Uh, you get to know some guys, you get to have some routines with guys, and, uh, you know, you, you feel like you're more part of the team. So uh, I was talking with that with Lecision the other day. Um, it's kind of, you know, I mean, we're on the team, we made it. So that's a, that's a feeling right away. Like, um, you know, instead of kind of like, hey, I need to, I need to play well for myself last year, it's like, hey, I, I want the team to win now. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's our team now. And, um, so that's, that helps a lot in terms of confidence and, and playing and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, completely new, 
new mindset. Follow him on Instagram, ptk.47. Uh, it's, uh, it's got the blue check mark, so you know it's perfect, uh, and it's it's really him. Paul Cotter's with us in the VGK Insider Show. Uh, you're on the bench the other night. By the way, I, you're the most uh, the least eggshell person I've ever met uh, <laughs> walking around in that room, so uh, I don't know where that comes from. Uh, you're on the bench the other night, and it starts going a little bit. I, I had you in my three, but it goes beyond the first three. Uh, were you aware, guys? We're talking to Bruce about hey, Cotts, get get Cotter in there. Uh, were you hearing that? And were you looking at the coach? Or how do you handle that, knowing that you are the guy? Yeah, um, yeah that's cool, man. It's cool to hear that. But um, a few of the guys, I got a, a nickname, Little Buzz. So um, a lot of the guys are yelling, Little Buzz, Little Buzz. A few of them. Um, I, I was unaware of LT waving four three around. I think that's pretty cool. But um, no, I mean I I'm good at them. We I do it a lot after practice with, with the goalies, and um, that's just something I've been really good at. So I think a few of the guys have seen that throughout the year, and we're kind of like, hey, you know, like stay ready, stay ready. Like put Connor in there. Like he's pretty good at this. Um, and you know, I I know Bruce is thinking like I I didn't play for the last couple minutes, um, so it's tough to kind of throw a guy into a moment like that when, you know, they're, I'd also call cold or whatever, but, um, oh, believe me, as soon as that buzzer went off and I went to shootout mode, I was ready to go, but, um, it's a cool feeling. And, and normally there's a pretty nervous, um, going into something like that, but I don't know. I, I kind of had a smile on my face and I've been, I've been dreaming about that for a long time. So, um, I knew if I missed that, then me and the big man would have a, long conversation about that. <laughs> I, I love the mamas there, too. Uh, how do you find out? Like, how, how does it go once you get past the first three? How do players know that they're up next? Um, well, it's kind of like as, as soon as that guy, as soon as our team is going, um, as soon as he misses before the opposing team goes, yeah. the coach will kind of give you a nod or say, hey, you're next. So, um, do you make an eye contact was, with, with Bruce during this after every, every guy? No, I kind of, you know, I kind of turned my head just in case I heard him say my name, but, um, no, I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't looking at him. You know, I, uh, I kind of, a few, I, I saw Craiger kind of point towards me and I, I figured, and then, uh, he said, he's like, Connor, yeah, you're next. Love it. All right, let's do this. So the puck goes in, you get to celebrate with your team, and then you and Logan Thompson uh, come together at center ice. Like, What was that moment like for you both, two rookies, uh, in that moment? A huge reason why the Golden Knights pulled that one off. That's special. That is. That, that's really cool. Um, and we've been through a lot together. We've been, you know, the past couple of years, there's been a lot that's happened, and um, we've been close, and he's, he's a really good goalie. He's really good at shootouts, obviously. Um, and it's something that we mess around with a lot um, in practice and, and just kind of screwed around after practice with, with little shootouts, little skill things, and uh, we always kind of talk about it. And uh, so uh, no surprise there that he did well. Uh, and for him to kind of just point my number out and for me to finish, uh, it was cool, especially as rookies. And, you know, it, we, we both know what each other can do and each other's potential, so... Uh, that was a really cool moment. Yeah, I can't believe you didn't see him do that. No, I was I was pretty dialed in, so I was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just uh, I was in my own head, I guess. Uh, we got to fly. You got to go to dinner. Uh, be- 
But before we do that, a little buzz. Where where's that come from? Oh boy! All right. Well, uh, the our little team Halloween party. Ah. Um, I I kind of have a costume that I normally go with, but uh, Jake Decision and his his girlfriend were were shopping around, so I figured I'd go with them, and they did uh, they did Woody and and I don't even know Bo Peep or something. Yeah. Uh, so I I went with Buzz Lightyear, and uh, the first person I see as soon as I get into the party is. Eichel, and he's wearing a Buzz Lightyear thing that looks four hundred dollars more expensive <laughs> than, my, than my little <laughs> rip-off costume. I didn't even have wings on mine. So. Uh, yeah, so I got little Buzz that night, and then Marchie thought it was funny, so I just you know what, it kind of stuck. So yeah, I think, I think I don't even know. I think I heard Gregor say Buzz the other day or something when he was mad or whatever. So. <laughs> <laughs> it just kind of stuck, so uh, yeah, it's funny. It is, but I mean, just little stuff like that. Like just this team's close, and everybody gets you know some stuff and crap from from everybody. So it's it's awesome. But yeah, I guess I guess little buzz is sticking. <laughs> well, and, and you are a big part of that. Uh, I. I mean that sincerely uh, the glue that that you have with these guys and the ability to chirp back and forth uh i've been around teams where that doesn't fly with rookies and they embrace you and it's awesome to see and i think it's a, a really neat part about this season congratulations on the success uh another shootout goal which uh just marveled uh us and uh we were we were just uh, uh awed by it uh thanks for doing this have a good dinner tonight and good luck tomorrow of course. Thank you so much. Thanks for the kind words as well. There's uh, Paul Cotter, uh, PTK.47 on Instagram. Give him a follow. Cool. We're, we're going to get him right up there. Yeah, yeah. He's you, got a ton of followers you're, already. Uh, you're, you're, you're lying about you seem like the least eggshell person to me. Like, yeah. that fits so well. And, and you know, the idea that he goes into that shootout, that moment that he's wanted for a long time, just him and a goalie, the chance to win a game, uh, ordinarily says that he'd be nervous, wasn't nervous in that spot. Gives you an idea of just how confident he is. Bring and get Mark Stone to follow him, for sure. Brian McCormick from the HSK is going to come up. He knows Paul Cotter really well. Uh, We'll get his impression of what he saw the other night. Also, there was a wild game last night, Seattle and the LA Kings. I want his impression of it. Well, I kind of already know because we were texting back and forth during the whole game. Like, what is going on here? How does a play-by-play guy do this? Uh, Brian McCormick uh, on the HSK, the Lucky Launch, and Paul Cotter on the way on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. I'm nervous about... Going down this path after yesterday and giving you guys the opportunity to pick the three stars, which you guys were terrible at, but but I'm going to give you an opportunity. What what were your top three things that you learned from the Paul Cotter conversation? Um, the origin of the little Buzz um, nickname is fantastic. It's pure gold. Uh, number two, uh, Paul Cotter really really loves the shootout, and, and like I know we've had the conversation about how. That's his dream scenario when it comes to hockey is just him, an open sheet of ice, and a goaltender. Uh, but the way that he thinks about how you need to have variations on your move, what you need to do uh, in order to add to the repertoire and be successful, I thought that was really, really interesting. And then uh, this guy has confidence, and he is a big part of why this team is. You knew that are. before, though. No, 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 no. That's not. No, no. That he that he is confident in in where he stands within that room, the growth from last year to this year, um, 
it's it's big. I think that that's important. The shootout move, having extra moves, yeah, that that. I, I love knowing that yep. for one uh, that he's got the backup. I don't know when he's going to need it, but eventually uh, he yeah. will. He probably will need it more in practice. Little buzz for sure, and the Instagram story going back and forth. Uh, that's awesome with Mark Stone. Here's uh, Brian McCormick, the voice of the Henderson Silver Knights, uh, joining us. You know Paul Cotter really well. You've watched him do the practice and the shootout uh, over and over. Uh, he just uh, made the comparison, like scoring uh, the other night in the shootout. And the decider was as big, or I'd argue in Paul's mind, bigger mm-hmm. than his first NHL goal. You buy it? You know, I, I do buy it. And, you know, I apologize if I've told this story before because I've got a rotation of about three stories. But when he was with the Silver Knights uh, two seasons ago, the, the, uh, the COVID shortened season, when certain teams were playing in their practice rinks, we were at the practice rink in San Jose, and that's where they were playing the Barracuda that night. And he looked around and he says, Brian, I've played in this rink before. And sure enough, when he was, I think it was 15, midget nationals, something like that, uh, he played and he had a, it was a penalty shot goal that he scored in that rink. And he pulled it up on his phone. He had saved on his phone and showed it to me. So he's always taken a lot of pride in breakaways and shootouts and, and that, uh, that setting. So that night, later that same night, he gets a chance in the shootout and went in, and the puck rolled off his stick into the corner, and he was absolutely devastated. So I 100% believe uh, that it meant that much to him last night because he takes a ton of pride in the breakaway contest. You know, he mentioned that having three variations, and it's funny you think of, you bring up three stories, but three variations of a shootout move. What, in your estimation, makes Paul so good at breakaway shootout type situations? Velvet hands, and I, I think we saw it last night or uh, the other night in Columbus. Uh, he, he'll make the move completely. It, it, it's, it's basically a maneuver from the elbows down. Mm-hmm. He can move it from the elbows down completely irrespective of what his body is doing, what his feet are doing, and it allows him to wait very, very, very deep uh, to, to make his uh, final maneuver. So, yeah, I think that the calmness and the silkiness is, is part of it. Uh, there's a little bit of confidence and swagger there, too. He doesn't just want to score. He wants to make it look nice. Uh, but because his hands are so supple like that, he can kind of prevent the rest of his body language from giving away what he intends to do and allows him to hang on very, very deep into the breakaway to uh, to, to finally make a goaltender bite. It's it's like a card trick. Mm. That's the comparison yeah. I would make it's to sleight it. Sleight of hand. Yeah. Sleight of hand. Because the other night in, in Columbus, he I don't think he touched the puck. He just moved his stick over the puck yep. Uh, yep. coming in. Absolutely and, right. And gets the gets the goaltender going. And but it's so deceiving and so realistic that the goaltender is gonna bite on it, even though the puck itself isn't moving. You're absolutely right. He he that's exactly what he did. He kind of wandered over it. Um, but, but the rest of his body doesn't give anything away. And it lets it bite, uh, and then it's just a quick flick of the rest. So it's, it's confidence, but it's also the, uh, the, the dexterity uh, to be able to pull that off without tripping all over yourself the way that I would. Have you seen more than the one or two variations we've seen out of Paul Cotter? You know, I don't know that there were enough opportunities that I would remember, like a full catalog i just you know from what my memory was he went in and he, he wanted to deke i don't remember him going in that often looking to to pull the trigger from the hash marks um but but i don't i i would be i'd be lying if i 
said I could remember distinctly some sort of, uh, you know, a boilerplate move for Paul Cotter. I'll jump in on this one because I've I've seen two of them firsthand. <laughs> You've been on the business end of them. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, exactly. I've been pulling it out. One of them, though, and I don't know how often he'd go to this one. This might be just a, a Mallard special to, to make me feel bad. <laughs> but there's one of them where he does that sleight of hand, wanding the puck, and he just lets it go and slide in on its own. And he pulls the move, and you're following. Oh, you're following the body the, the over. Yes, and and it and it goes and it goes right in. And he he loves doing that. And I would to I you. would jump on my uh, up ten feet in the air if he did it in the National Hockey League, screaming, "Been there, been there!" But but that's one of the coolest ones. That one takes guts to to, and, to and, do that one on purpose. There are guys that have done it on purpose, and and I think he he can pull it off. But that one. As a rookie, I'm not sure you're pulling that one out yet. I feel like, I feel like Kucherov has done that a couple of yes. times, if I'm not right. Yes. Yeah, it, 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 what is there is, again, this is the pride he takes in breakaways, especially against you, Darren, I'm sure. He doesn't just want <laughs> the puck to go in. He wants to haunt you. Yes. He wants you to feel responsible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it apparently worked because hey. months later, it's, uh, <laughs> it's top of mind. Well, I, and I think it's a real credit to me as a uh, human being and as a, and as a broadcaster to put that aside and do a very fair interview with him, like we did in the first segment, and not hold that against him and hold a grudge. You're a big person. I think, yeah. I think it's very gracious, and I think it's you knowing your role there. And yeah. you're, you're a reporter. You're an informant to the public. It is important. <laughs> Someone has to be the control group for shame. And you have to put yourself out there to be embarrassed so that we all can know the uh, what that experience is like. So thank you for your sacrifice. Uh, and we look forward to many more experiments. Oh, you've got a busy weekend, and I'm, I want to get to the Seattle LA game uh, in just a little bit. But uh, the lucky launch that's coming up uh, this weekend—it's one of my favorite games of the year. Tell everybody about what's going to happen on Saturday. Yeah, it's so much fun, Darren. Lucky launch presented by Sam and Ash Injury Law, who I know is a friend of your program as well. Uh, it is your traditional teddy bear toss, and this will be the second one that we're doing. So fans are invited to bring uh, stuff plushed, unbreakable toys, stuffed animals, if you will, uh, and bring them to the game on Saturday, which is a 7 p.m. start against uh, Coachella Valley Firebirds, the affiliate of the Seattle Kraken. This will be the first weekend that we get to see them. Um, and for fans, uh, hat trick style, after the Silver Knights score their first goal of the game, throw the toys over the glass and onto the ice, and they'll be collected and donated to, uh, there's three organizations benefiting this year, Toys for Tots, uh, the Salvation Army and the Equality Center, all three of those are going to benefit from the toy collection. So we're looking to collect as many as we can uh, to benefit those local charities. And, and I think this is it's so much fun just because of the spectacle. Um, but also, this is a fan interactive event and uh, you know one of the more engaging uh, elements on the calendar for fans to, to take part in. Uh, and, you know, we're going to get the game going again as quickly as we can, but that's kind of up to you. You know, if we uh, if we can collect uh, tens of thousands of teddy bears, that's we we want that delay to last long enough that we can make as big an impact as we can. So, uh, tons of fun, great for this uh, Christmas season to make sure that every little boy and girl has something uh, under the tree at the end of the month, um, and uh, certainly a, a fun spectacle. And, and excited to see what we can do with it. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I the longer the delay, the better, right? What's the perfect, that means we did well. Yeah. What's the perfect time in a game? <laughs> For the lucky launch, like you don't want it to go too far, 
but you don't want it like a minute into the first period no. either. Bakersfield had theirs the other night, and they scored 51 seconds in. And yeah, you don't want people leaving the the, the hot dog line uh, to run it. Which I would also good good to bring it up, Darren. Get to your seats. Be be there for the anthem. Don't put yourself in a position where you're sitting in the bathroom stall and you hear a horn go off and you got to run out of there and find your bear. Be, be, be That's ready uncomfortable. For the <laughs> to start on time, um, but uh, you know, I think. I think getting in somewhere in the first period is nice because as the game goes on, you know, the, the players, they're thinking about the game. They're thinking about two points. They're not thinking about the theme night spectacle. But on a night like this, they're aware, and I, I'm sure they don't want to hang it over their heads too long either. That gets into the second period, and they're still trying to break through. Uh, I'm sure Manny Deveros would accept it 15 seconds in. But I think anywhere in the first period is, is nice because uh, it, gets, it gets the night started. It, it allows us all to have some fun. And it allows me to spend the rest of the night talking about us. Uh, last night in L.A., they could have used a, a lucky launch just to slow down the scoring. If anybody hasn't heard, uh, L.A. and Seattle were tied after the first period at 3-3. Mm -hmm. It was 8-6 after the second period uh, in favor of Seattle. And then it was 8-8 after the third before Seattle won it in overtime. And then McCormick and I started going back and forth on this because mm. uh, everybody was fascinated. Yes, yeah, so yeah. which we, we go down these rabbit holes. Uh, and I, I was thinking, like, how do you how do you call a game like that? Like, You, you almost want to make fun of what's going on, but it's still a legitimate game, and there's still going to be a winner uh, with it. it. It challenges the play-by-play -play people. It totally does. I'll tell you what else those kinds of games, as rare as they are, you know, we've seen teams that it's one side, okay, it's a 6-1 drumming yeah. or whatever, and then the other team just can't get out of there fast enough. But games like that where both teams are just scoring at will, you know it's not going to stop. Like when, when L.A. was down 8-6 in the third period, you're like, all right, well, it's going to be 8-8. It's just a matter of when we get there. And it was and two sure stupid <laughs> goals. It, it, two ridiculous goals. The, the, the goalie, actually, Martin Jones made a couple of good saves, and, and then two goofy ones went in. Mm. Right, it was like you know, my, I, I I forget how long it had been, but you know, Mikey Anderson scores the game tying goal, and uh, I mean, it wasn't this dramatic, but you heard the broadcast talking about. It. They might as well have said it was his first goal since his first Holy Communion. Like that's that's the kind of night that if if you're in a if you're in the midst of a drought and you go through that game and you're still in a drought on the other side of it, <laughs> then there's just there's just no way to get off that schneid. But it was, I mean, it was tons of fun. But again, we got into the conversation there, and that you know, this year. I mean, 9-8 is still 9-8. That's just cartoonish no matter what. But it just seems like if there's any season where we're going to see multiple games that have 1980s Oilers-Islanders scoreboards, it's going to be this season. Because goal scoring is just astronomically high the last two seasons. But goalies are still okay. We've gone through a period of Hall of Famers retiring, but... The new guy should be able to do something. Cal Peterson, I, by the way, got waved today. Yeah, yeah, after he had to come in relief, and he got just as bad as Jonathan Quick did. Like that yeah. was a relief appearance that didn't work. Yeah, but I, I agree. I mean, of course, Darren, there's plenty of talent. I do wonder, though. I think there might be a little bit of a passing of the torch window that we're in, and I could mm. be wrong. I'm, I'm commonly wrong, but in the span of five years, we have lost the game as you know retirements. For Lundqvist, Rene, Luongo, Price, yep. Rask, mm -hmm. Holpe was on decline, but like you know, it was still you know within that five-year window, he was a peak guy. Ryan Miller's decline and retirement was in the middle of that window. Like we lost a lot of guys 
who were like multiple time Vezina finalists year after year. And they all left in the same window that I wonder of, you know, guys like uh, Ottinger and, and Spencer Knight, guys who are really, really highly touted uh, to be like the future. They still will be, I'm sure. But they're probably at that point where they're not at the reach their peak and ride it out period yet. I, again, I just I think there are a lot of goaltenders who are flirting with low two and under against every year for seven, eight, nine years, and they all left simultaneously. I wonder if that might be part of it, along with the comments that John Tortorella made last week of it's a young, dumb league. Okay, well, maybe we have more mistakes than ever before and less iconic once-in-a-generation talents that can bail everyone out simultaneously. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that at all, Brian. I think that you you kind of you to me hit the nail on the head in that you've got a lot of young goaltenders right now that could at one point be what Henrik Lundqvist and Roberto Luongo were like automatic. You know what you're getting night in and night Except out. Except last night we had three veteran guys in. Well, yes, but I mean you've got Jonathan Quick who is is trying to hold on for dear life, and and the the young guy that you were expecting to be the next guy to take over is Cal Peterson. He's now waived. Like there's there's the aging curve catching up to Jonathan Quick and some of the older guys, but I think there's also the inconsistency of a young goaltender trying to find his game at this level. I I think like when Darren we talked about this topic, I'm, I'm sure it's. Uh, a good think piece for a lot of people around the game, but just that it's been so dramatic of a jump in the last two to three years. It almost feels to me like when you're looking at like the evolutionary chart, you're like, okay, we've gone from ape to neo Neanderthal to whatever. And somewhere in there, they're like, well, there's a missing link. How do we make this jump from <laughs> this point to that point? I feel like we have an offensive missing link in the game. What the heck happened? in the COVID year window that we've gotten this much of, of an exponential increase. And I've not yet gotten to the bottom of it. A uh, theory of evolution uh, fits it in here on the VGK insider show. Be- before we let you go, uh, you mentioned John Tortorella. It's time for a little uh, story time. Okay. It's story time with Millard. All right. So, I'm doing a game, Hockey Night in Canada, maybe six years ago, five, six years ago. And uh, McCormick made me think about this last night. I'm, I'm doing, uh, I'm in a press conference with Tortorella before the game because they didn't skate that day. And and I ask him a question, and he's not really buying into what I was, because it was for my, my pregame hit that night. And press conference ends, and he comes over. He's like, hey, sorry, I didn't, I just didn't want to go down that path. He was, he's the, one of the most gracious people. He is. If he gets a terrible, he has a terrible reputation. He brings a lot of it on his own because of the way he handles the media. But he is a really engaging guy, and so we we he ends up answering my question about uh, trying to be a little more structured, and he drops this line, Darren. It's a young dumb league. That's what it is, and that's the first <laughs> time that I'd heard that, Brian, uh, that phrase. And he's and he's brought it up obviously a few times since. And I'm looking around. I. I was looking around the press room thinking, am I being punked right now? Did did the coach of a National Hockey League team just call the league a young, dumb league and be on the record through it? I wasn't. He was totally serious, and I, I, I used it. And my boss phoned me after, like two minutes after my hit. 
and said, did you just say that? I said, Torella said it. Mm-hmm. So you can't call it a young, dumb league. I'm like, well, he said it. So I had to talk my way through it because of torts. And and the whole time I'm thinking, I'm, I'm being punked here. But uh, young, dumb league, it's the only – I know a lot of coaches agree with it. He's the only coach I've ever heard say it. Well, that is a – isn't that just a remarkably trademarkable yes. statement? Yes, T-shirt. That is – that is a brand catchphrase, and I think he should pay behind. I'm with you. T-shirts available everywhere. We got Little Buzz. That's Paul Cotter's nickname. He revealed that today because of Halloween this year. Uh, so you can use that uh, on your broadcast. And uh, and a young dumb league. Uh, that uh, is awesome. Hey uh, McCormick, uh, have a great call this weekend. Uh, say hi to Sam and Ash uh, for us, and uh, we can't wait to watch the uh, impact of the lucky launch. Thanks, guys. Looking forward to it. Appreciate having me on. He's the best, Brian McCormick. Like the nicest guy in the world mm-hmm. and super talented. That's what makes There's a few nice people out there. Sure. But they kind of suck right. at what they do. Yeah. But McCormick is super nice. Not that. And he's great yeah. at what he does. Yeah, he's fantastic. Yeah. And he knows how to kind of needle you a little bit, which was fantastic. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, it's good. How, like, many, how many of those Paul Cotter breakaways have you, have you stopped? Oh, I've. <laughs> I've stopped a couple when they've rolled off a stick, <laughs> but he does like honestly like in be- if there's 20 seconds in between drills, yeah. he's coming over and he's doing some kind of breakaway on you mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. Or he'll he he also likes letting the puck slide and then hitting the top of your stick, <laughs> so it lifts up and then it slides through your legs. He's really good at that one too. The old goalie school trick, young. Dumb League, Little Buzz. We're learning a lot today on the VGK Insider Show. Back to TF Hour number two on Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Founding, founding, founding. And you look at me like it's my fault. And I've been talking the whole time whole time and then you put my mic up and i say founding because we're talking about canada day uh, and first july 4th founding and then <laughs> chapman looks at me hmm. like oh that was on the air i well, know i can hear well, myself well it's, oh it's, what's the excuse once once that little stinger says it's the vgk insider where's show that in the rule book i'm telling you that that's the it's always been the unwritten rule i mean <laughs> Where's that in the room? There, there's somebody talking. I'm not going to talk over that, so I wouldn't think I was on the air. Well, I mean, it would founding day. What? Yeah. What other? Don't try and distract. What other rules don't I know about that um, I should know about? I'll have to think of them. We'll All have right, to think of we'll, some, we'll yeah. tell you later. Right. Hour number two is coming up. We're going to get into uh, the VGK getting uh, ready for the Pittsburgh Penguins tomorrow. You hear from Bruce Cassidy. More on the nine eight. Victory by Seattle over the L.A. Kings and a big, big concern for the Penguins defense and uh, potential future Hall of Famer in Chris Letang. We'll get into that on Fox Sports Las Vegas.